The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests, and are not based on professional expertise or training. They do not reflect the opinions or views of any counseling or psychological professional organization. We're brothers and best friends. In the last 12 months, both of our marriages officially ended. We decided to talk about it in an open forum and accept our vulnerabilities together. Know that this is hard. We'll talk about our experience and perspective on relationships, social norms, and our evolving lives that require constant adaption. We want to tell anyone listening that you are not alone in this. This is our conversation about divorce. For our second episode, we're talking about when the real shit hit the fan, when the hardest conversations happened that eventually led to our divorces. First up, it's Chad's story. It was February 2018 the week of Valentine's when we talked about splitting up. We were married for 13 years and together for 15. Luckily, we didn't have any kids. I could tell our relationship was beginning to decline about a year before this conversation. We were getting distant, hanging out less, and talking less. She started doing her own thing, and I started doing my own thing. I still tried my best to keep this relationship going, but I admit, when it became one-sided relationship, I eventually started giving what I was receiving, which wasn't much at all. This ultimately led to our demise. Our marriage was wonderful for the most part. We traveled the world and opened each other up to new experiences. We were best friends. We were everything to each other. It was her and I against the world. I truly believed we were going to be together for the long haul. The hard-hitting conversations about our marriage began around five years ago. Anything that came up, we would always talk about it and then resume our lives like normal, like nothing happened. Sometimes we would just leave it open with no resolution since neither of us enjoyed confrontation. Looking back, leaving things be was a huge mistake. There was a period of around two weeks between when the divorce conversation started to her leaving the house. I was in total darkness. I would wake up sobbing. My future looked bleak. Everything was declining. My health, my work life, and my personal life. For a short bit of time, I became a recluse, putting on a mask while in public. I hated talking about it. I didn't want to acknowledge it. I thought I hoped this was just a phase and that she will come to her senses and come back home. Then, the self-blame began. I started thinking of everything I did wrong over our relationship and nitpicked all of the conversations and actions that I may have done wrong. I began thinking that I could have done better even though I was already giving 200% into this relationship. It got to the time where I needed to start telling people. I first started with my dad, then my mom, 
my cousin, close friends, and then coworkers. The most common saying I got was that right now, this sucks, but it will be okay. As hard as I wanted to believe this statement, all I saw was complete darkness in my future. I was completely lost. The best thing I can compare this feeling to was that I had lost a very important body part and I was trying to function without it. Next up, it's Todd's story. We scheduled a date to go to a restaurant that we've heard really good things about from our friends. It felt like a normal evening. There were underlying issues between us, but we've always tried to work through them, or at least talk about them. We ordered drinks and food. She began to look very worried, and through tears, she told me she wasn't attracted to me. This exact issue was something that we've never talked about or considered through our issues, so it was somewhat shocking to me, but it wasn't exactly a surprise. I started to feel that deep pain inside my chest, which is the sadness, anger, worry, and all of the other emotions started to swell within me. I wanted to know how long she felt that way. What kind of attraction is lacking? Was it sexual? Physical? Personality? Did she just want other people? Whatever. Which all the answers were eventually yes. She told me she revealed this to our best friend a year before. Now, this was painful, and I really felt betrayed. And on top of all of this, I felt like... All of my patience and understanding I put in the relationship was all for nothing. We went through some tough times together. I worked really hard to help her and her family through those times. But I didn't want anything in return. It's just the feeling of being duped and betrayed was very real with all of this in perspective. But again, it didn't seem like that this news came out of nowhere. It didn't surprise me that she felt this way because it made sense with a lot of the shit we were dealing with in a relationship. I felt for a long time she was happier with hanging out with friends rather than if I was around or if it was just her and I. I mean, hell, she talked about it. She wasn't showing much affection anymore and withdrew from the romantic element of our marriage. She didn't have much interest in my life, work, my anxiety, and other emotions which all were a huge part of my life at the time. There also wasn't any proactive work in the relationship from her end. She was easily impatient and irritated with me. She said she felt like she didn't have independence, even though we had an easygoing marriage. We didn't have the traditional married people marriage. We hung out with friends and didn't have other friends who were married, so there wasn't any pressure from that end. She seemed to have despised me. 
Ultimately, she was disengaged, and I tried to reach out to her to figure out what was going on. But this led me to slowly disengage as well. And even then, we still tried everything we could to work on it. Living day to day with this was very difficult, and it put me in a place where I felt cornered. And I couldn't do anything to help the situation. Living with others and having an active social life proved complicated. The time from when we had the conversation to separation and or eventual divorce was long and drawn out. It was a year from this conversation when she moved out and over a year for the final divorce. I started work to take control of my life with things that I actually had control of. I could start personal counseling, in which I did. I applied some decent self-care, such as staying in for a weekend while everyone else was out of town. On another weekend, I drove down to Taos by myself to really think about all of this. If there's a positive from this moment, it's that this acted as a catalyst to start work on improving my life. Hi, I'm Todd. I'm Chad. Um, we're actually doing a in-person recording in Denver. This is something that probably won't happen all the time, <laughs> even rarely. So, welcome to my home. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's a nice place. Thanks. You expect some traffic noises and random stuff that happens outside. The crazies might show up. We don't know. This will be the city noise episode. Yeah, right. It's fitting. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I can go ahead and just dive into it. Okay, yeah. Um, you mentioned that you didn't have any kids and that you're lucky that you guys didn't have any kids. Um, and I know that you really wanted kids. Did she want kids also? Yeah, she did. Um, I think I think it was just one of those things that didn't happen and neither one of us really wanted to go through the what the, the, the all the expensive procedures and still right possibly be let down yeah um so eventually the conversation moved toward uh adoption oh yeah instead right of going through that yeah i forgot about that um but then that's kind of like sidelined through just life right being busy um things like that cool yeah i know that that's something that really hurt deeply for you it did when it like wasn't happening yeah it you know, because I always felt like I wanted to be a father and I know I would be a good one. But yeah. the reason why I said, luckily we didn't have any kids just so we didn't drag them through this shit. Like kind of how you and I were right back when we were younger, I was in what, seventh grade and you were probably third, third or fourth, fourth. grade. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's why I said, luckily. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned this before, but divorces usually happen when kids are involved and that's when a divorce is like super difficult, yes. super drawn out. One side can't agree with the other. It's it's awful. It's and it's very painful for everybody, and so it, I've, I'm glad that we didn't have anyone to have to kind of run through with. Yeah, on and that. So I agree on my yeah. end too. I mean, thankfully we didn't have that. Even though, you know, wanted kids, didn't want any at the time, but 
the divorce happened without that, and I'm thankful for that, or grateful, rather. Yeah, because I think y'all would eventually move toward having kids down the road. Nope. No? She no, didn't want kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did. That was kind of a later thing. We, we talked about it before. Um, then it kind of fell off the table because we're like, yeah, we don't want kids right now. We want to kind of live life and do lots of events, hang out a lot, travel a lot. And she kind of grew away from it when I recently started going back to the, just the fact that I eventually want had to have kids at some point. Yeah. And that was a revelation to her. Oh, <laughs> that, that you didn't move on past that. That, that. That's still what you wanted. Yeah. That kind was of kind like of a that. shocker. Okay. It, it kind of showed up one time on a trip last year, last May. And she's like, what was that about? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk to you about it. Cause I know you don't want them. And we're all obviously going through some, major shit right now and this is a wrench in the system we'll handle this later yeah if we get to that point <laughs> but that was not like what that was not the most probably the worst thing that was happening at the time so, i see i got yeah. you yeah yeah so that's fun that was always fun so it's good we both lucked out right in that aspect so if <laughs> if you can say lucked out yeah my God. But it was, it was definitely a positive amongst a pile of negatives. Yes. There's a lot of those. Yeah. But yeah, still very difficult to go through. Oh, definitely. Um, further on, um, you mentioned that you started giving what you're receiving from her in the relationship, and it wasn't much at all. And you said that ultimately led to your demise or the relationship's demise. So if you do you feel if you continued to give and give that it would have prevented the demise of the relationship or maybe even just improve it a little. What do you think? You know, as I was typing that out to say it, I was kind of thinking that I'm like, so does that mean if I would have kept going and didn't give up, would it have, would it have lasted? Maybe like if I just kept trying and trying and trying, it's not like I just completely gave up either, but it just, it got tiring yeah, that right. I was. It was just a constant, a constant workload of just trying and trying and trying, and that that was the ultimate pursuit of just trying to make her happy, which it's, is dangerous. It's very one sided, and it's it's almost both responsibilities of taking care of the relationship on one person. Yes. So it's like you're taking everything and what both of you should share, which is supporting the relationship and making sure that you guys are cool periodically. Um, and then doing that yourself, it's like you would drive yourself crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, handling, it was a lot to, it was a, a big load to carry. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that, that, that happened like that actually did happen in for you. What's that? That you carried a lot of that yourself and it wasn't shared. Oh yeah. And I had that experience too. And it's get for me, it got to the point of where I really couldn't stand it. I, I hit multiple emotional thresholds where I, where I told myself I can only go this far. I hit it. And then I said, okay, I can't hold, I can't go further. If I hit this point, I hit that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but a lot of those were because I was taking the responsibility for things that she probably, that she should have really helped with in the relationship. And I was trying to do all of it myself. Oh yeah. And it drove me, did drive me crazy. felt like I was going insane. I can see that. And trying to go back to 
would it have added more time? I think that's what, yeah, right? Why it lasted as long as it did? Because mm-hmm. I mentioned in the intro where it it was about a five year period where things started getting a little rocky. Yeah, and maybe that during that five year period with me just putting in everything I had plus more, maybe that's what kept it alive a little bit longer. Yeah, and I, that's when I finally felt after a few years of that, it was like okay, I. I can't do this anymore. Like it's just way, it's too big of a, a load to carry. Yeah. It's like you realize this isn't cool. This yeah. isn't good for the relationship. And then like, well, what if I <laughs> do what she does, which is not give that much. <laughs> yeah. What if I just kind of disconnect and. Right. And I think that's what we both re- eventually realized. We're like, okay, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, the whole conversation, like, what are we doing? Why are we here? What what do we have as a future outlook? Things like that. And I think maybe finally me putting down or putting aside, just giving everything, maybe it finally made us both realize, like, all right, this is the, here's the reality of this, and it's right. not what we thought it was going to be. Or not, not that we thought what it was going to be, but, hey, this is actually what it is right now. Well, no, that's what you just kind of backed up on. That's kind of the whole issue with kind of maturing and a lot of issues I think are stemmed from the fact that life is different than what we expected. We got married to have a long-term relationship. Oh, yeah. And when that wasn't the case anymore, that kind of shook our foundation. So that expectation was kind of just ripped up and thrown away. And that's really, really difficult to deal with. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely rattled everything because like you said, I didn't get married to just not be married down the road. I mean, I was in it for the long haul purpose a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But so yeah, you build and that's a good thing to bring up like life expectations. So if you, if you go by your plan of life, we would have had kids when in X year, we would have been doing this in X year, doing that next year. And that shit doesn't happen. Yeah. And never, you have to realize or understand that. Yeah. Things aren't going to happen as planned, but how do you work to remedy that? Like, how do you keep on going after the plan doesn't work? Right. Um, well, that's a new thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you have to really reevaluate. It's like starting from scratch, really. That's what it feels like. It is, because I planned on being married for the rest of my life and yeah. to not be single again. <laughs> right. <laughs> And that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's that's how you move forward, or yep. how you move forward. Kind of like what we talked about in the in the first episode. How do you how do I choose to move forward with what has happened in my past? Right. So how do you how do you advance on that? I mean, you learn from it, and then you build on that, and for your your future outlook. Right. You you definitely well. It's like I we are adaptable creatures. Yeah. So we learn to adapt. We adjust refocus and then figure out whatever the next step is which is who knows what that is yeah nobody knows and then you, you know just kind of move along and it's also the survival part that you're literally just making decisions based on just to survive the situation and to figure out what's the next step so this is where perfection doesn't exist perfection yeah. doesn't <laughs> exist period but this especially like whatever is the way whatever way you go or how you handle it that's the right way unless like 
of course you're causing self-harm or well, yeah, hurting if, yeah, other people. You, you can't, there is a wrong choice to make Yeah, and you don't want to make that wrong choice to be at the bottom of the pit or <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, making poor life decisions. And well, that's like relying on, like I'm saying, like addictive, um, substances. So alcohol or any other kind of crazy addictive drugs. Exactly. Yeah. We've already talked about some of that too, which yeah. it's its own thing. I mean, well, it could be, it's a reoccurring thing too, because it was a lot of darkness and right. it was very easy to make those poor decisions. But it, and it's easy for people to kind of take a dive to the, in the deep end at that point, because they're already low. They already have lots of issues and then that happens. And so it's easy for people to really stay down in the depths and get further down. And that's where it's also really difficult in the process that we've gone through. A lot of people that are going through a divorce, like most of them, I would think are in that situation and it just takes time and work and work, but you like have to keywords work. Yeah. You just need to have a desire to help yourself. That's about it. But yeah. You, you have to want to get out of it. Just, I mean, just yeah. like anything you, it, you, if you want to be a better person, you have to want, cause there's work. You can't just wake up and be a better person that takes work and dedication on your end. Yeah. You have to want it. Yeah. I mean, if it's like trying to force someone to stop being a hoarder or like it, like an intervention type yeah. situation, those never work because they're getting forced and pushed in a corner. That's not something that's coming from within that person. That's the only time something or someone's going to change. Yeah. They have to realize, okay, I need to, I need to make a change. I need to get better. So it's a hard conscious choice at some point to say, I need to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do something to get out and go do stuff. Yeah. And I know for me, one of my first things was I, I was wanting to go to personal counseling for a while and this acted like a catalyst. It's like, okay, here it is going to do it. And I did that immediately and started working on a lot of this stuff other than the relationship, but mostly it was the relationship. Well, but you went in and too. started working on you too immediately. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was like my way of saying, okay, what can I do right now? How am I going to handle this? And that was kind of my first resort. Well, kind of like, this is what's happening right now. How do I handle it? How do I want to move out or move forward from yeah. it? I just knew that that's probably the, what was going to help me the most. And especially dealing with something where I felt like I don't have control over. Yeah. And really I feel difficult. like that has helped too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Beneficial. I'm still in it. It's great. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, you said that the marriage was wonderful for the most part. Yeah. Um, that's something that I can relate to. And my wife and I had like a lot of experiences together. Um, mostly good. It was mostly good in hindsight. <laughs> um, you know, there are things that I never saw before. So that stuff gets confusing, but we did, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad and looking back at it, it's kind of really hard to figure out what was what sometimes because looking at things in hindsight confuses me and it causes confusion. But I just wanted to say that that's something that I wouldn't say it's in my mind a lot, but it wasn't like the relationship was completely horribly toxic. 100%. Yeah. Which I think is, I don't know, man, I've seen some really bad relationships. So I don't, I can't, I don't know what the I mean, commonality yeah, is. There are some out there to where, you know, immediately like, Oh, oof, that's not going to work <laughs> like that. There's no reason they need to be doing that. Yeah, totally. But then, yeah, like ours, ours were good for a long time. It seemed to, well, it seemed like it was good. So balanced, 
it's like yeah. we all had our own time spent a lot of time had lots of experiences together like like i said before well that was the thing with mine is, is we did so much together and we did everything it was always her and i and again we talked about that the last episode but it was um where am i trying to go with this it was good it was genuinely good Mm -hmm. for the most part and then you just had that decline and it could be a result of i mean people grow up some people don't grow up yep um it's it's people change and you have you have to go in knowing that people are going to change and how do you change together and yeah so this is hard um with my relationship I I had like a pretty good idea of what the foundation of this person was. Seemed stable, seemed like she knew exactly what she wanted. And no one could have said like, she is going to make the decisions that she wants to make later on that's going to affect like our marriage. So I believe she changed, which causes some trauma because going into a new relationship, you're like, well, shit, you're just going to turn into somebody who's crazy and (laughs) hurt me really bad again. But I know that this was situational. Um, I know that that was very unique of a situation. It is. And change is a very broad term. Well, too. it is. But the deal with change is, is that's something that we obviously deal with. It's going to happen. But relationships, they, they adapt to the change. So I'm talking about adaption again. Whenever people change, it's you kind of move together and adjust together. And that's the part of the hardest part of a marriage that people really don't talk about because only when you're in deep, deep in it like we were yeah we experienced that but it was like this shaking this this is one of the situations where the adaption couldn't happen well yeah the change was she wasn't attracted to you so yeah you really have nothing (laughs) to go on there (laughs) yeah and it's coupled with a lot of other things too so that was like one element that's the major element and it's just there's an element of uh, she felt like she didn't have the time to be to express herself, um, have lots of friends, lots of experiences without being married. So there's like this weird thought about marriage anyway that she didn't like. I mean, it's almost like she felt like she wasn't independent, even though we had a, like a decent relationship yeah. that was unique and we weren't really considered a traditional marriage as far as like we were home, we do, we we're coming to kids church whatever yeah it's not like he, she was locked down or anything yeah yeah that's the point yeah. i'm trying to make so yeah but i mean again that's just you can't work with that if she wanted to go do her own thing and yeah it's it's a way out of my control yeah there's nothing you can do about quickly that. quickly realize that you know that was it wasn't anything caused by me and it wasn't because of me but you know your brain tells you different things self-esteem is hurt because you're like well shit oh, yeah. she's not attracted to me and it's like well is it because of this this this, this yeah that? why is she not attracted to me anywhere is it because of this this or yeah. this yeah but then it's like um, there's things that i do know about myself that counteract with that type of thinking so i i knew that you know, some of these issues we were having i never had issues with anybody else before um i know i'm like a really good person i mean just if anyone doesn't know me I'm not trying to be an asshole. <laughs> no, no, you're an amazing person. <laughs> you are too. Well, thank you. And I just know I'm a good quality person, and 
I, I just knew that there's a point where I deserved better. And I felt like I was getting taken advantage of because of those nice um, and kind qualities that I have. Yeah. So it's like realizing that you know, I'm better than what I'm telling myself. Well, you deserve to be with someone. Well, you and everybody deserves to be with mm-hmm. someone that wants to be with them. That's the idea of like love. Like why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Don't be with someone that doesn't want to be with you. Like, cause I mean, I would remember sitting there some nights I'm like, damn, I really wish I was with someone that wants to be around me and wants to be yeah. with me. Yeah. I can totally. And that was that. a horrible thought because that thought led to, well, what are we doing together? And it was a bad thought to have. Right. Well, that's a realization. Well, yeah, well, yeah a realization. A hard one. But it's like, I, that's that's realization as you're sitting there. You're like, no, no, can't think about this. This is wrong. Yeah, you can't think about that. You have to figure something else out and mm-hmm. make this thing work. Yeah. That's that's like a pivotal moment. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that when you and her talked about some of these issues, um, and it was like happening off and on. And you said that you would leave it open or you both would leave it open with no resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back, you said that leaving things um, is a huge mistake. So do you think if you try to work on these, this kind of goes back to the first question. Um, If you worked on those types of hard issues, even without her really trying the same, do you think that would help things? No, because I don't think that would have worked on it. I would have worked on it, but if she still didn't work on it, it it would have eventually led to the same result, I think. Yes, agreed. So (laughs) one thing I wanted to to top on that was, yeah, like neither one of us were fans of confrontation, and we'd probably have a tough conversation, I don't know, two or three times a year, like questioning why are we together, what are we doing here, things like that. Mm -hmm. And we would would talk it out, and we would – um try to problem solve a little bit and figure things out but then other times we would just just say enough to end the conversation and then just kind of resume business as usual to like pseudo resolve yeah resolution and then you i mean usually a lot of the times every time we would have a conversation it it would feel better that we talked about it yeah but i don't think there was a lot of resolution sometimes. It seemed like a, you you hit the line, but you didn't cross it. So it's yeah. like it hit a brick wall and you needed to pass or climb over. And once it happened, it was too hard to confront at that point. And so it was just left alone. Exactly. Yeah, that's hard. too much to deal with. And the problem with that was, again, like we didn't like confrontation. And then you just you get busy. You bu- get busy with work and you get busy with personal life and everything else. And that's not really a conversation you want to sit and have. It's like, oh, hey, we're having a good day. Now let's talk about why are we married? Yep, And so it was a, always a difficult thing to bring up, but it's a necessary thing to bring up. Yes, it is. I think. And yeah. sometimes you have to ask the tough questions and have the hard conversations to, to be able to, to advance as a couple. I think uh, not sometimes you have to, I think you must always at yeah. a certain point, you know, just for those really, really, really hard, big issues. You know, if we're talking about something that's really trivial, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, you're questioning the marriage that you guys were in and actually yeah. actively talking about it. That's hard. Well, yeah, exactly. And we're, we're talking about the possible end to a, a marriage that lasted over 10 years. Right. Like, there's that's a long time. Yeah. To be with someone and have invested a lot of, a lot of life in yeah. that. Right. So, of course, it's not the best thing to talk about. No. Well, not... 
I would say it's not. No, it's a it's a, a good thing to talk about. It's not your favorite thing to talk about. I would say it's a good thing. <laughs> I would say well, it's something bad that must be handled. Yeah, it's it's it should be discussed. Yeah, totally. But it, it won't be your favorite conversation. <laughs> no, it's one of those times and conversations that are very uncomfortable and you just have to do it and it never gets easier. No. It, they always must happen. If it's easy to talk about how bad your marriage is, you probably have big issues. I'd agree with that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like there's, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Let's, let's address this. I don't think we're in the same world. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of near the end of your experience, you said that you thought and hoped that this was just a phase and she would come to her senses and come back. Mm-hmm. That like makes my heart hurt because of course I really identify with that. And it's because we ultimately wanted that, especially when this was happening, when it started. So before we knew something was going on, but when it's like when the shit really hit the fan, that's when we're like, what can we do to try to make this work? Like, what are the things that we can try to look at or do or go somewhere? And it's like, I just want it to be normal again. And yeah, it's like, like your heart hurts. Go, yeah, let's. There's a big, there's a huge change right now, and you just want it to go back to what it was, back to the good days. Yeah, because it's like you know, there's issues in a relationship, but we weren't like thinking about some of these issues in a way that you wanted to immediately leave the house. Or yeah. <laughs> like, all right, separate. see, ya, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. These are things that we would always be willing to work on. And one of the most difficult things is, I don't know, for you, it felt like she wasn't really showing up in that regard and didn't really give that a chance. What do you mean? After this happened, after she told you and talked about this and was wanting to leave the house. Yeah. um, It seemed like she really didn't stay around to say what is something that I can do to help this relationship mm-hmm. or are you talking to you and trying to work through things in a different way. And that hurts a lot too. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm, I was willing to work this out and figure things out and make it work eventually. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, I don't know if it was just pride or this is my decision and I'm going to stick with it no matter what kind of deal. I really don't know what that was, but it was, all right, we need to split. I'm out. Yeah. There's some deep shit there for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit. I have no control over. No. And now you'll, now that's, you've been given a new life. Yeah, exactly. So. That's, that's in the past. Correct. So that's comforting. Yeah, it is. It's, and, Again, this is going to be a recurring thing. You're always going to live with it, but and I gave her several chances to come back. Yeah, probably too many for for my decency. Yeah, no, but right. I, I, again, up until the end, I tried everything and I gave everything I could to make but, it to make it work. And yeah, I mean, I felt like the, I tried the same. I, bl- I believe that my ex-wife tried the same too. We really did explore all of those things. Yeah. But having that not there is confusing and weird. It was like not having the your wife there. 
Or what? Not having what there? Not having, so in your your situation. Yeah. Where she wasn't there to work oh, on Oh, to talk it out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I felt like that that's something. Yeah, that it was I, kind of, um, in essence, and I was looking through a notebook, and it's almost like she died. Mm, yeah. Oh, do you know that like losing a relationship or a friendship like that, I think, I think, don't take me on this, <laughs> but it is just like going through mourning for a death. I, I would agree with that if yeah. that's not true somewhere out there, <laughs> Yeah, but I would agree with that. It literally does feel it. Yeah. At least I know it feels like that. So I yeah, know it feels I like did it, too. you feel like that yeah. as well. So yeah, it, it's a real thing. I mean, you're mourning a relationship or mourning a friendship. You're mourning the time and experiences that you grew together with. Mm-hmm. And that, that I was sitting in the house that we shared and mm-hmm. that had all the memories and it was just everywhere you look, you would have a memory and that would pop up and you're, I was having to deal with that to where yeah. she kind of got a clean break and went somewhere new, went to a new city, yeah. got her own place and all that. Yeah. So that was a, I don't know. It's not fair for me to say it was easier for her because I don't know. Well, you just know it was really hard for you. Yeah. It was really hard for me. And thinking back, if you would have left and how that experience would differ from what you actually experience, you can probably, I kind of feel like a clean break would have been yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I just moved from the house that we lived, um, and had roommates and stuff. She left that place in got her own place and did that back in the fall time, if not earlier. And just moving here, that experience was really difficult for me. This is the last two or three weeks. Um, that was a lot of work because of what you just talked about, looking at the rooms, thinking about the experiences, yeah. not there, this is not there. And then, you know, my dog died that same oh, year yeah. before and like remembering that a lot of like hard, um, I wouldn't say depressing emotions, but really hard, um, deep loss emotions. Well, you've, you shared that space with two things that probably meant the most to you in your life, and your, your wife and your pet. Yeah. And now it's just you there no one else is there. And you're, mm-hmm. you're walking through and seeing all these, these areas and everything where you remembered all these shared experiences that you had. Yeah. It was reliving through those times. Yeah. And that was really, really, um, hard. It hit me physically, mentally, and everything. It, it was like, I got to do nothing for the next month because that was a lot to go through. <laughs> I, I, that makes sense. And I can imagine if, if I ever get to the point to moving out of my house, it, I mean, the, the memories will probably pop up. Totally. And I know that there'll be, at some point, some positive and happy memories. Oh, yeah. It's just right now, those are the types of memories that are like, most recent these are the things that most recently happened in that house in the future i imagine that when i think back i'll think about like the time i spent with friends the cooking um fun times oh yeah yeah absolutely even like some good times with my dog that who was there but he was only there briefly before he passed away so maybe not that but anyway I, I, i do think that in the future it'll be different when i think back about those times i think so um, and I think, I think that's another result of time healing things as yeah, well. Yeah, it's totally all time and giving yourself patience and allowing time to kind of take its course mm-hmm. and run through these emotions. But yeah, I mean, I'll look forward to the point when I can look back and won't be just completely bombarded with the recent 
hard uh, events that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. So at the very end, you said that you started to blame yourself. Um, you started thinking about everything you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you nitpicked on some of the conversations. And you, bid, yeah, you begin thinking that you could have done better, even though you're already giving 200%. <laughs> so what do you think now? Especially um, like the self-blame part. Well, I think the result of the self-blame is probably the idle mind and you're sitting there and you're just, you're overthinking everything that happened in the past and could I have done anything different? Could I have said something different? And honestly, I don't think so. Thinking back, I think that this was inevitable based on previous experiences. Um, this sounds awful, but I, I think I was doing everything right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I could be wrong. Well, it's like you could ask any divorcee. You yeah. Know, I think we did everything <laughs> I right. I feel like I did everything right. right. Yeah. But I mean, I understand because, but like, I, I know I gave of, a lot and I, yeah. I know that I did the best that I could and I, I gave it everything and that, that's all I could do. Yep. I would totally agree. Yeah. That's a good place to be. Yeah. That, that seems like a, a good turner of emotion when you thought about it before and now you can think about it and you kind of have a better handle on things. Mm-hmm. So sounds like, yeah, kind of a more even mind yeah. now. And well, it's just like not blaming yourself constantly for stuff is really good. And I think that maybe the self blame is part of the kind of the depression cloud surrounding you. It's like, Oh, and the low self esteem. Oh, it's all together. Oh, yeah. that. And you, you start thinking, bad things you're not really thinking positive thoughts in that that mindset no and that's normal that's what happens yeah well that's the all the questions i had did you have anything else you want to talk about on Uh, your story i don't think so i think i'm good on that okay cool so we can move over to your story if you're ready yeah let's go a couple things that i just wanted to talk about Um, first so you basically you said that she dropped the bomb on you in a restaurant yeah. So there's a couple questions that are tied to that. Okay. First, um, did you go into this knowing that something, a conversation, a bad conversation was going to be had? Or was it just kind of like just another Tuesday that y'all are going to go eat out? Yeah. So um, when I start talking about it, I think I mentioned that it seemed like a normal evening. So it felt like nothing different. Okay. Uh, we planned a date at a restaurant that we've heard really good things. And I was looking forward to actually eating at this place. Parked a car, walked, didn't think about anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, completely unaware. Oh, I have, oh I'm going to write this one down. All right. You something else pop in your head. Yeah. Nice. So the second thing, why do you think it was told in a restaurant and not at home? So was it to... Because you couldn't just lose your shit in the restaurant? That was a bad conversation? Or, like, was there a reason behind that? Because I got told, and just kind of thinking back, that we had some serious conversations out in public when I'm like, why can't we just talk about this at home? Yeah. So we can just be candid with each other. So why do you think it was done in a restaurant? Do you think it was easier that way? Or just, or was it a 
while we're here, let's talk about this. Do you think that she planned it like this night? I'm going to tell him what's going on. Or do you think it just popped up? I think it was planned for sure. Um, it took her a lot of time to actually come in terms with how she was feeling. So I think at that point it was eating her up to the point where she needed to tell me. Yeah. Um, but why was it in a restaurant? Well, classically you do tell someone bad news in public so that if some shit does happen, it's contained and in public and people are um, unlikely to go crazy when they're in the public if they were at home. Now, yeah. I'm not a person that loses my shit and will go crazy on somebody or violent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that it was unnecessary, but at the same time, um, I'm not sure. And I don't really think about that. It's almost like it, it probably would be harder at home because that's where a lot of stuff is happening. And then yet another thing, but at this place, at least I had a decent cocktail and some <laughs> <Yeah>. decent food. <laughs> so, well, well, there you go. <laughs> Have you been back to that restaurant since? No, but I really want to. Okay. Yeah. So you would go back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. So that, that kind of goes with what you were saying earlier about remembering the good memories of your, the old house to mm-hmm. where you, okay, you can remember the good food and good, good beverage at this place. And, and it's also to have a kind of re- not replace the experience, but start going. So I have yeah. my own experience. Build, so it's build not a new experience always there. associated with that. Yeah. Place. yeah. So another thing I wanted to add on that, and I'll tell you why I'm asking that after I ask the question, but do you look back when you're walking to that restaurant, how, who you were then versus who you were an hour later after that conversation? Do you ever think about like, man, I I felt like I'll tell you why I'm asking this because probably two or three weeks before we, we had the serious conversation, we had a lot of friends over, we were playing games, we were drinking or whatnot, playing cards against humanity. It was a a really good night. I remember that I had, it was fun. It was a really good night. And I, on my phone, I have a selfie with me and everyone else that was there hanging out. Right. And I look at that guy that took that selfie. I'm looking at me and I'm like, he has no idea what it's about to hit him in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Like this, like right in this photo, he was truly happy. And that it was really difficult to look back on when, when this was more fresh Yeah, to look at that, like look at who I was before and who I am, who I th- was then just in a span of two or three weeks. Yeah. So I right. don't know if that's if if that's a unique thought or do you think about no. something like that? Um, what I look at is we have a, a lot of photos when we like went to South by or when we went to the music festival and look at I look at those things, those photos. And it's just like, I mean, that is completely different. Yeah, that's a different mindset that I was in. Um, so I don't believe that like, there is anything that close, like weeks. I'm sure there was. There's just there's just a lot of stuff going on, so well, it's like, kind of hard. Kind of like what I was going at with you is, what, do you remember like just your, not innocent thoughts, but just peaceful, just walking up to the restaurant like a married couple, like everything's fine. We're, yeah. We have some issues that we're dealing with. but Yeah, um, at the time, I believe we were, I, I, I still, I don't think, I still felt. This is when I was feeling like I definitely wasn't happy with what was going on. Um, 
I don't think we were having good quality time even at that point. Yeah. Um, it seems like I wasn't important. The, the frustration, irritation was there for her end when we talked. Um, I was feeling separate from her already. So this almost acted as like just a further separation. So when she told me, uh, like I said before, um, it didn't surprise me, but it did crush me. So like walking out of that restaurant and going home, I mean, I was a low motherfucker. Yeah. It just kind of pulled me apart even more. Like a very quiet drive home. Probably. Or walk or whatever you did. Yeah. With probably a, a slew of emotions. Was the, in your mind, was going out to eat a trying to have that quality time together? Yes, always. Yeah. Um, a lot of those were, you know, she did schedule some of those. But I think I tried to push them more than she did. I don't really recall. But every time we would have our own time together, that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. But that's because we were hanging out with a lot of people all the time. And I needed that. We needed that alone relationship building time. Yeah. And y'all had, y'all have a very, or had a very large friend circle. Right. To where y'all, you did a lot together. Before though we moved, we didn't have that. There was mm-hmm. a lot of alone time at home. And I think that's what started driving her crazy. I didn't enjoy it either. I wanted friends and I wanted more things to do. Yeah. I just didn't want it constantly. So it, w- it went from not really doing that much with a lot of people or at all and hanging out with each other by ourselves a lot to completely opposite. So hanging out a lot with a lot of people and not really having that much alone time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, I want to move on to my next one. Cool. So you mentioned in there that she, you, she talked to your friend a year mm. before she told you yeah. that she wasn't attracted to you. If she told you a, that year prior that versus your friend, do you think things would have been different? Do you think the ending would have been different? Do you oh, think yeah. you could have had a little more time to work on it? So it was part of the deception um, that she told her friend a year ago versus you, where she could have just come directly to you. So what do you think the outcome would have been if instead of telling your friend that she told you? Um, it would have ended sooner. Yeah. And I would have a, a year of my life. That's something that the only thing that I regret is I wish she would have told me sooner. Well, you can't regret that because that wasn't your call. Right. Well, if I, if I could say something I wish was different, that's what yeah. I would wish was different. Cause I feel that if she told me, you know, we would work on it then and kind of move forward mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, move backwards, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think things would be, would resolve in its own way and probably inevitably end sooner. And so would that, when would that have been? Would that have been in that would have been before we moved. So that would have been oh, wow. okay. um, the year before we moved. We were planning on moving uh, maybe right after her mom passed away. Okay. Before she knew that she didn't have the um, life-threatening disease. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors that were there. And um, there were a lot of events that happened in that 12 months. A lot of that makes me, I think about, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, um, I think a lot of why she didn't tell me could be that she needed me to be there for her in other ways. Yeah. So almost getting taken advantage of 
but I don't know how that. true that yeah. is, but I do see some evidence. Well, that could be, yeah, and that's that's your assumption, and, mm-hmm. but it's it's not invalid. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's not an invalid assumption. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned in there, and this is this is more of a, this isn't a question, this is just mm. a statement I want to make. Cool. Is that you said in there your patience and understanding was for nothing. It mm. wasn't for nothing. Oh, I know. That's what a marriage is supposed to be. That's what you're supposed to do. And you did that and you did it right. So don't right. feel like it wasn't for nothing because it wasn't. Well, I know I know it wasn't for nothing. I just felt like it. Yeah. It okay. was. So it's like there's, there's a difference between like me knowing that that's a fact. Like I know I'm like this is how I treat a marriage. And especially when you're going through issues and going through hard times. You work through it and you put the patient, you give and you give. Um, and I know that is the right way to do it every time. Mm-hmm. But I felt I was, I did all of that for nothing okay. at the time. I can see that. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. Really? Okay. Yeah. We're at like 43 minutes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, please subscribe and download Brothers Divorce wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do enjoy this, please review it and let us know what you think. If you're in a crisis and need intervention and support, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. If someone you know is in crisis, please reach out to them and help them. If you're feeling like you need professional help, visit psychologytoday.com and search for therapists near your zip code. It's right there on their homepage. Brothers Divorce is produced by Chad and Todd Colston with Rank Beast LLC. Music is by Todd Colston. Well, I can just go ahead and dive into it. Okay. Um, you mentioned that... <laughs> <laughs>